0: Welcome to Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission has been to formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie has also created clean protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything your cat expects you to know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give your kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment, often sharing my conversation with feline expert Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival, which brings together short films from around the world that celebrate kitty cats. The festival premieres every fall in New York City and then travels to theaters across America and Canada with a portion of every ticket going to local cat welfare organizations with the support of Dr. Elsie's. I have an amazing woman joining me today, Shanna Offenkamp. She is a volunteer at Homeward Trails Animal Rescue um, that provides pet adoption in Virginia, Washington, D.C., and Maryland. But what's extraordinary about this woman and the director of Homeward Trails, Sue Bell, is that they volunteered for several weeks at an animal shelter in the Ukraine and actually managed to bring back to the United States just very recently a plane load of cats. Ukraine kitties are going to have an amazing life in America. Shanna, you have seen things in Ukraine that most of us have only seen photos of or videos of talk a little bit about your past you have you volunteered at a shelter called Breaking the Chains that's a United Kingdom based organization but you speak mm-hmm. Russian and you worked in Russia on and off you have deep knowledge and roots of this area much more than probably even some of the journalists who were there can you talk a little bit about what this war how this war affected your ideas about the animals who were in shelters there and and the the whole idea that you could rescue some of them?
1: Absolutely. Um, as you said, I've been traveling to Russia and the former Soviet country since nineteen ninety one. So I have a very, very deep connection to that part of the world living in Russia, Armenia, Kazakhstan. Um, And just really experiencing what it's like animal welfare and um, the struggles that that the governments and individual rescuers have in trying to help the animals. And so when, you know, war broke out in February, of course, we all knew what was going to happen to those animals in Ukraine, loved animals who, you know, Ukrainians would have to make very quick decisions how quickly do they need to leave? Can they leave? Do they have to stay? What do they do with the animals? If they don't know what tomorrow looks like, can they actually take animals with them? And so knowing what that was going to be. And then of course, just like everyone else, every day watching the social media feeds and seeing people evacuating um, and carrying the animals if they could and knowing who was being left behind, people who love their animals and, if they could take them, they did. Many of them really thought they were just going to come back in a few that's days right. or a few that's weeks. Right. And, and so they just threw down food or they had a neighbor who wasn't leaving trying to check in on their animals. They really thought they were coming back. Um, and in some cases, that's happened and it's been wonderful. But for many, that's not the situation. And that's where breaking the chains, the work that they are doing is so, so important in Ukraine.
0: And the, as I as I read it, the organization provides evacuation and care for animal victims of war. So this is what they do in countries around the world. So Ukraine well, is not the only place you're doing
1: this work. Is that right? Right. So Breaking the Chains um, was created by an ex-UK military guy named Tom. And um, Tom, when he got out of the military, wanted to give back to the dogs who had helped him with his, his recovery um, of his PTSD, and he decided to create Breaking the Chains, originally as kind of a document a documentary um, advocacy initiative to go out and raise awareness of animal welfare in these war torn areas, oh, um, and to help change and lobby for better laws and better care for them. But when this war broke out, he knew what was gonna happen because he lived it, he experienced it in the military and in the places he has visited. And so this is where his direction changed. He and his friend Steve got in a truck, two guys in a truck, reaching out to other people to create this network to really wow. build this infrastructure of getting food, pet food, animal food, emergency medical supplies into these areas originally. But then they found when the border started to close to the animals that they had no place to evacuate them to. And then Tom made the decision to build a shelter in Ukraine, a transitional shelter where these animals being evacuated could go to, you know, decompress, get love and care, get their vetting until they're ready then to move out of Ukraine.
0: That makes a lot more sense to me because my knowledge of Ukraine and Russia is zippy doo I don't know anything in a genuine way. But I was a little surprised to know that Ukraine had a shelter with cats in it because many of the countries around the world, whether they're first world, so to speak, or third world, don't actually have shelters. There's mm-hmm. free-roaming cats or dogs, and they're dealt with in whatever ways – Uh, You know, humans deal with dogs and cats who need care, often just Mm -hmm. volunteers taking care of them. But I never imagined them being in what we in the in the United States or England think of as a shelter, a place paid for. Oh, but they do.
1: They do? They do, yes. So Ukraine, I mean... The people of Ukraine love their animals. Absolutely. It's, it's really one of the things I love about that part of the world is they do have a deep connection for their animals. And so there are government supported shelters and there are lots of what I would call private shelters. Just really kind hearted people who love animals who start with, you know, 20 animals and suddenly they're up to a couple hundred. And so that's something Breaking the Chains is doing as well. If they're working with these shelters, Got they're it. going in and helping get them food and supplies, but they're also helping educate at the same time because of what we consider good animal welfare may not exactly see be what they're experiencing in these shelters. And so there's a lot of education that's going on at the same time, Um, you know, basic intake that... You have to get them flee and deworming immediately. Otherwise, they're not going to have good immune systems to withstand that shelter environment. So there's a lot of cooperation that Breaking the Chains is doing with the shelters within Ukraine. But trying to, you know, relocate some of these shelters out of the eastern side is not so easy when they have 100, 200, 300 animals. So in some places, they can't help with evacuations. But again, like I said, they can get in food and medical supplies to help these shelters withstand as long as they can um, what's going on. And
0: the way you describe the the sheltering system there is precisely, it turns out, exactly like the United States. We have municipal shelters and county shelters, which may have very low standards of care because they don't have Mm -hmm. much money and very small staff, whereas a group like Mm -hmm. Homeward Trails Animal Rescue... Uh, which is started, I'm sure, by Sue Bell and you and some other people with a handful of animals, is now, you know, a, a really thriving nonprofit, sheltering, rescuing, fostering entity. A- and that's true across our country. So mm-hmm. everyone needs education and everyone needs to try and raise the standard. The idea that you ladies would go in there and put yourselves in physical hardship at the minimum and jeopardy at the maximum to, help there. But then to think, okay, 24 of these cats are coming to the US and they're going to hang out in a really fancy cat cafe (laughs) in Georgetown called Crumbs and Whiskers is like, you know, the high end of cat cafe, have a latte. And if you're lucky, take a cat home. When did you think, yeah, we can do this, we can get out of country by a van and find carriers and get health certificates? (laughs) Like, how did you even think you could do that?
1: Well, you know, we didn't just wake up in the morning and decide that. Of course not. It certainly was a process. So as I mentioned, when the war broke out, I was glued to social media. I was watching the Ukrainian people evacuating out with their animals, and I was watching all of these amazing, courageous people going into Ukraine, specifically to help animals. And so I thought, uh, you know, my history, my Russian language skills, my experience with special needs fosters and all that I do with Homeward Trails I knew I could help. So I personally as an individual started looking for an organization that I believed in what they were doing and you know I felt safe going to. And so through a few different connections I ended up being connected with Breaking the Chains who was at that point you know had decided to establish the shelter. And the shelter is in the western part of central Ukraine. So it's not you know on the eastern side or the southern side which is really hot and dangerous. So I felt pretty good. You know, there's no safe place in Ukraine. Uh, Certainly not. But this is a safer area. okay. And so I thought that, you know, let me reach out to them and see if they would take me on as a volunteer. Um, And they immediately embraced me, which was wonderful. So I went out there just as an individual, spending a month with them, Um, getting to know the dogs and the cats, literally while the shelter was being built around us. Um, And see amazing ground team of military guys going out and doing these evacuations and then hearing their stories when they came back because they saw the really difficult things. They, they saw the bombed out houses. They saw the people who were suffering. Um, And, and for me, I had the pleasure of just working with the cats and the dogs, locking them, loving on them, getting them healthy, getting them to feel comfortable and safe. And so when I left, they weren't far enough along in their medical for me to take any animals back with. me. Um, and so when I came back, I was sharing my experiences with Sue and with the others at Homer trails. And I thought I was determined to go back and help some of them. And of course Sue without a, you know, taking a beat says, I'm with you. How do we do this? And so we went back to Tom at breaking the chains and said, Hey, Sue and Shanna together would like to come back but not just to help take a few cats. How how can we help you and make a real difference? And then Tom said immediately, we need you to take many more cats um, because they have a lot of offers from rescues across the EU and the UK oh, to take I the see. dogs, but no one's stepping up for the cats. And they were full for cats. And so in order for them to evacuate out any more cats to help any cats who will otherwise die, They can't until they moved out cats to make space. So we were there at the perfect time to say, let's figure out together how to make this work. And so, as you said, we had the 24 cats who arrived this week from Ukraine, but Sue and I also brought back another eight with us on the plane. You did? Oh, my God. Yes, so in total, we were able to rescue 32.
0: Wow. You guys flew back and you had them in carriers, and you were allowed to bring that many in the hold.
1: Well, so we took um, Gizmo, who is an adorable special needs kitty. We brought her on the plane with us, and then we we brought back seven kittens who could be doubled up, um, and three of them were siblings that could go in a carrier. So because they were younger and smaller, um, we could get a few more in a carrier to bring them back. Well, you were lucky.
0: They bent the rules. I, I remember back in the day, they wouldn't let you put two animals, even if it was two five-pound chihuahuas in one carrier, but it's good. <laughs> they broke the rules yeah. for you, whoever they were. I think it was KLM, bless KLM. They're very animal-oriented. I remember when we used to fly horses around, KLM was the airline that flew horses around the world. They're very animal, oh, wow. animal kind and, and knowledgeable. That is so amazing of a story. Um, I You, you mentioned that Tom, who created Breaking the Change, the ex-military man, was documenting. But did I hear you say documentary? Because my ears always prick up because of the New York Dog Film Festival. Mm -hmm. What a documentary this would be if anybody was filming this of these two men in a truck and then saying, okay, the world is being bombed around us, literally reduced to rubble. We are going to build, physically build a shelter as a, as a as a waypoint to get some of these animals out of here did someone film this i hope
1: i i don't know what their long term plans are i will certainly say that you're talking about people who are very media minded good um and, and they have been filming documentaries prior to this war um and lots of doing various interviews as they fight for For animal welfare policy changes in different countries, including the U.S., um, ironically. It is always ironic. We We
0: think we're so far ahead. We're just the same as
1: everybody else. We We, try our best, but we we fall short. Yes, Yes, absolutely. I agree with you there. Um, And so... Yes, they have their own. I think they were really just getting launched when this happened. And so Tom has created an arm of Breaking the Chains that he calls STAR, which I believe is the Specialist Tactical Animal um, Relief or Rescue. And um, his intention now is to have this arm of Breaking the Chains. It's doing what it's doing in Ukraine now but they want to be nimble and expand, and with the intention of also doing similar work in other countries as the need arises.
0: Wow. So this is something that, in a sense, could align with the UN and refugee camps. I mean, in the countries where people are displaced in huge numbers, who knows? I mean, I'm not going to give him any ideas. Mm -hmm. He knows perfectly well where the the war-torn parts of the world are, and where animals are in jeopardy. But Those people, too, that even live in African villages have the animals that are their animals. And if they're relocated to refugee camps, I don't know if they're allowed to bring their dogs. In those cases, dogs more than Mm -hmm. cats. And I was wondering why you had focused on the cats. I thought, well, at least they're all pretty much of a uniform size for your crates. (laughs) So you knew exactly how many could fit as opposed to, you know, you got the 100-pound dog, you got the 25-pound dog. But in fact, in the the EU and in England— They've always been really big on adopting from Russia, Bulgaria, countries where there simply wasn't even a municipal shelter, but do-gooders who'd made their own shelters, and and on social media got homes for, in the end, hundreds of dogs and some cats. So there is a a network and a sort of underground railway in Europe already for Mm -hmm. animals in need, but what you ladies have done is quite amazing. I don't want to be rude, but how could you afford it? Were you, Did you do like a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter or something? Because you, you're flying back and forth. You're staying there for a month. I mean, I doubt you have a trust fund. It's none of my business. But <laughs> I mean, are people pitching in for this? Because the work you're doing is so amazing and so uplifting for the people there as well.
1: That's the wonderful thing about Homer Trails is that we have such a solid group of supporters and we're in the DC metro area where people care about animals, no matter where they're coming I from see. in the world. And so for my first trip over, as I said, I just went as an individual. I paid out of pocket for that wow. because it was meaningful and important to me. Um, and I was able to take time off from work with this return though, as you say, the, the cargo cost and the transportation yeah. cost and the, the vetting cost—it's not insignificant. And Correct. so we've been raising money for the last couple of months. We've we've got various Mighty Cause fundraisers out there. We've been posting on social media. We've been having interviews with folks saying, "Please share our nice. link as we raise money," because we're raising money for two things. One is the transport of getting all these cats over, and we haven't fully raised the money yet. We're getting closer to to all of these costs that we've incurred. But the second is we're raising money to help with the transport of the food and the supplies into Ukraine for breaking the chains to be distributing in those war-torn areas because winter is coming. And when winter gets here, those roads are going to be unpassable. There is an urgency to get food and supplies, medical, animal food and medical supplies into Ukraine. They need to be driven into Ukraine for them to then be able to disperse. And so we are trying to raise money to get transport of these supplies from the UK um, into Ukraine. So that's the second fundraiser we're really trying to get money to help support.
0: Okay. So anybody that hears this and has looked at Ukraine with a broken heart about every aspect of it, this is a really wonderful way to pitch in on behalf of the animals because you are helping the people, not just the people who are the volunteers and rescuers there, but the people who've had to abandon their pets with breaking hearts and now know that the rest of the world is standing with Ukraine, but is standing with the cats and dogs and the people who love them. So, Shanna, what you girls, ladies, have done is amazing and you're continuing to do it and I definitely, personally, am going to pitch in and when the Dog Film Festival comes to I think it's coming to Virginia or Maryland are definitely going to make Homeward trails the beneficiary of 10% of all the tickets because oh wow, the work you're doing is fabulous. We need we will talk off the air and get another screening specifically um, a Ukrainian rescue screening in your area Amazing. so that all the people who love your work and love what you're doing get to watch wonderful movies about dogs and cats and give you even more money. Keep up the good work. thank you so much. Keep up your great spirits. I'm, I'm, I'm really honored to know you both. I think what you're doing is extremely special, and you're doing it for all of us as well. So thank you so much.
1: It's truly my pleasure, and we appreciate everyone who is supporting to make this possible.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, which created their own clean protein cat foods, inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey to better satisfy a cat's appetite with ingredients naturally intended for her body. 90% of the protein in clean protein is animal-based, not plant-based, as in many cat foods, which can compromise cat's health. Clean protein is the first dry cat food I can personally recommend as a healthy choice, although I always hope that wet food will be your cat's primary diet. Thanks again for being here.